Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Futures Focus. This is a podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez. Joining me today, David Gasper and a special guest as we overlook the 2022 first year player draft eligible players. I guess that's what we'll call them. I mean, we got those college players, we got high school players, we got all sorts of different guys to go over to help everybody with their drafts. I know drafts have already taken place people are in the middle i have a draft that i'm still in the middle of right now but we have a lot of first year player draft content to get to today and uh david joining me as usual I'll get back to you in a, in a second david i love you but sean kernahan is here and i want sean to feel welcome because he's my dude when it comes to first year player drafts i think he is the guy you want on a podcast so sean thank you so much for joining us how are you doing tonight of course. Hey, it's uh, you know, night of recording is the opening night of the college baseball season. So I've uh, kind of, you know, one foot into the 2023 first year player draft, but I have no problem looking back at 2022 right now. That's I mean, that's crazy. I'm just starting to get like really familiar with these 2022 guys and you're already at 2023. That's that's when, you know, uh, there's a, a big separation between you and myself. And then David, who. You know, no offense to you, David. I consider you an expert in this as well. I mean, Sean is just like the guy. But if I had to pick a second oh, guy yeah. for first-year player drafts, it's you, David. So how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I, I finally have some baseball I can watch on, on TV. You know, co- like college baseball is going on. It, it's like a holiday for, for Sean and I uh, getting going here. But, uh, yeah, it's a first-year player draft season, and uh, I'm ready to go. It, this is vital. I mean, these are picks that I, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm in dynasty leagues, like these, these picks get thrown around all the time in you know, June and July. But then when it comes to the draft, everybody wants those picks all of a sudden, and they can be huge. Um, I mean, we're talking, we have multiple top 100 guys. I mean, I haven't done the math here, but I'm assuming, I don't know, nine to 10 players that'll probably crack a top 100 list if we were to uh, to officially put that one out. So this is exciting stuff. Before we get to that, though, we actually do have a little bit of minor league baseball news, believe it or not. I mean, we haven't had any news. Of course, we've had the lockout and we, we've touched on that a few times. Wow, wow. But Josh Young got hurt. He was weightlifting oh. and he uh, sprained his non-throwing shoulder. So concerning shoulders are not fun you can ask corbin carroll or you can ask uh who's the other guy that had the shoulder jimmy nelson sure oh jimmy nelson <laughs> wow we dropped the jimmy nelson re- reference two Jordan minutes Lawler. there it is that's Jordan Lawler. basically yeah. if you're with the diamondbacks as a first round pick your shoulders yeah. are screwed i have a legitimate answer in sean and then i have a n- nonsensical answer in david there but okay but he did destroy his shoulder <laughs> I can't I can't lie you're you're absolutely right not who I was thinking of it was Jordan Lawler who I was thinking of so thank you Sean but yeah Jordan Lawler Corbin Carroll uh Diamondbacks shoulders figure it out guys but anyway the point is Josh Young uh I'm not very worried about it but there's just so little information we have right now uh, it really just gives us an I a chance to talk about Josh Young and uh with this in mind I we have no idea again it might take his whole season away it might be a couple of weeks but uh, the good thing is it's his non-throwing shoulder 
But David, uh, Josh Young, I think, do you remember when we did that podcast about future Hall of Famers? I believe we had Josh Young in there. So yeah, I believe I believe that might have been my my pick as well. Yeah, I, I really like Josh Young. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about maybe what you're expecting for this year? Like how many? Uh, is he starting the season? What you, your best guess? So hard right now to get these guesses. I I know, but um, just give you a chance to talk about Josh Young. Yeah, I mean he he's a really talented guy, and even with the additions that the Rangers made to their infield uh, this offseason, the big money additions that they made uh, with uh, Marcus Semien and uh, uh, Corey Seager, you know I was still expecting Young to to make his major league debut and probably lock down third base by some point this season. Um, th- I mean, this could be delayed. I'm not sure how long it's going to be delayed. Um, but I mean, he's someone that uh, once he's healthy, he should be just about ready to go to, to take over a job. Um, and, and third base is, I mean, I think they got Isaiah Kiner Falefa right there right now, but I mean, he's someone that was going to make his debut this season. Maybe he still will. I mean, we'll see what the extent of the injury is, but very talented player. Yeah, I I think that he's he's going to be up for sure. I think this gives, depending on what the CBA comes out, that uh, it gives the Rangers a really nice excuse to keep him down a little bit. I don't know if they're worried about money with how much they're dealing out to people. <laughs> in fact, they were in rumors. But that extra year of control. It, it is, does ma- uh, no, it does matter. Board. I mean, in the past, it has mattered. We just don't know what it's going to be like going forward. But they were in the. Rumors for Matt Olson there. They're already working out a trade for Matt Olson too. So imagine, you know, I, I don't know if you have all these guys. I'd imagine made... that trade would have to include Young, wouldn't it? Oh, no, no chance. I don't think Young would go anywhere for anybody right now. But, I mean, if the if Oakland's going to give up Matt Olson, I, they, might, I, they might ask. I think – well, what do you think, Sean? Let's get you in here. Do you think the Rangers have enough firepower to get Matt Olson without Josh Young? Uh, you know, I mean, it all depends on what they're looking to, to willing to part with. Um, I mean, they've got enough in their system, if you ask me. Uh, it, but you know, it would just probably be one of those more picks, more more guys, um, you know, quality over quantity type of things. Um, the the A's are good at kind of finding some guys lower down in in the the prospect ranks, and if you kind of get you know a four or five guy package, maybe uh, I think Young's still probably going to be the the, the number one target, but you never know that people get creative. And uh, if anybody can, is going to get creative, I would give uh, the A's some credit for, for that. So I can see something happening. I, I, I mean, he's got a the contract is what makes me think that, you know, you don't give up young. I think he's got two years left on that deal. Yeah. He becomes a free agent in 2024. I mean, there's no way the Rangers would give up young. Um, at least I wouldn't. I think it would be crazy if they did, but it would be a surprise to see that happen inside the division anyway. Oh, and that's another great. Yeah, also true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think you could you could throw in a Cunha at them with like a, a Laura or a Costa, and that'd be plenty for for Olson. Anyway, we're not a major league. Well, Rumor let me yeah. just go ahead and make a left turn. Little personal shout yeah. out here going on, and sure. uh, I want to let you guys know that my my. Uh, First 2022 draft ranks were submitted today. So Josh Ooh. Young's little brother, Jace, I did the top 100 college, oh. D1 college guys. Jace came in at number two. Um, but, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that here in the coming days as well. 
Ooh, very interesting. Can't wait yeah. to read that. Love it. Love it. Jace, that's tough to say because it, it will definitely sound like Jace Jung, right? When you hear it, but it's going to be Jace yeah. Young. So don't be that guy that pronounces Young Jung. Don't be that guy at that party. I know you have a lot of prospect parties, people, but also don't be the guy that says the MLB. Just saying. Hey, man. <laughs> what? A, I really. OK, we'll do one more. One more. I have just just a preview, a little snippet of 2023. Drew Jones. I'm a huge Braves fan. I loved Andrew Jones. He should be in the Hall of Fame. If Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is as good as he is with how good his dad was, I can't imagine how good Drew Jones might be. So what can you what can you tell me about him that um, uh, I don't know. I just want to know about him. <laughs> um, so no surprise. He's got an inc- insane uh, defensive fielding grade. Um, mm. You know, no surprise considering who his dad is. Pops real. Um, look, like I said, the, the list I put in, it's going to be, at this time of the year, I keep you know the college guys separate from the high school guys, and then as the season moves along, I start to combine them and get the uh, full you know big board type of thing. Uh, my high school list is probably going to be mid to late March. Um, all I'll say is, and you know, we'll give you this little tip coming into it. Grab your arms this year because there's not going to be any next year. It is going to be the first 15 p- picks of the draft could feasibly be uh, bats next year. So if you're gonna be if you're looking to restock arms, don't look towards next year. This is the year to do it. Drew Jones is like I said, ridiculous uh, defender, great speed, got some pop, true five tool. But the uh, bats at the top of the draft in uh, 2022 are going to be the MLB draft 2022, first year player draft 23. The bats are going to be real. The uh, the arms are going to be harder to find. Oh, love it. What do you think, David? Oh man, I'm I am all in, you know, and I I have gone pitching a little bit, kind of somewhat heavy in my uh, first year player draft that I did already this year. But uh, yeah, I mean I enjoy the pitching, but yeah, not quite as much uh, this year in, in the coming up in the draft. But the bats, man, the bats are crazy. That's awesome. Bats well, are gonna be fun. I can't. I can't wait. We shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. We got to talk about this year. So let's get started on the 2022 first year player draft. Uh, what we'll be doing, and I'll get to that in a second. But before I do, I have to mention our new sponsor, Fan Tracks. They have been absolutely incredible for us and working with us here at Prospects 1500. We have multiple leagues through them. I highly recommend that if you have not signed up for Fan Tracks, that you immediately do so. It's absolutely free the free leagues are insane for what you get for not having to pay anything um but i am in a few where we do pay for contracts and stuff like that and it's like i do feel a little guilty i feel like i'm stealing because how much depth that comes in these these leagues and we only have to pay like a few bucks each but even that i mean get the free fan tracks leagues go and sign up today um you won't regret it you can bring all of your stuff over from any other platform i I think I have one league in another platform. All my other leagues are on fan tracks right now, including my four sport dynasty league where I have all four sports, hockey, basketball, football, baseball, and then we, we just we trade crazy people to other teams. And it's all easy to do on fan track. I can't imagine another platform that would allow us to do that. So sign up today. And when you do, if you use the promo 
www.fantrax.com slash prospects1500, you will be entered to win a Wander Franco autographed jersey. Again, that's fantrax.com slash prospects1500. You will be entered to win that Franco signed jersey. And David, I was going over Franco's YouTube highlights. That guy's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't say. I mean, I, I've heard some good things about him, um, but yeah, when you see it, when you see it, when you see it on YouTube, that's when you know. That's when you know, and you see all the music <laughs> on the great, the and I, I don't know the Ray, I should know the Ray's announcer's name, but he he, uh, Franco's amazing. Anyway, you can have a free signed jersey by signing up today for free. You don't have to spend any money on this. You can sign up for absolutely free. Fantrax.com/prospects1500. Sign up today. And with that, before we head on to the first-year player drafts, there's one other announcement I have to make. And we are doing something for the first time, at least, well, since I've been here at Prospects 1500. We're going to do some listener-slash-subscriber leagues on Fantrax. Of course, we wouldn't do it on any other platform, let's be honest. There are two that we are going to be inviting people listening to this podcast. You're the first Wave that's going to hear about this. We haven't even tweeted this out. Scott is going to hold off until we announce this on the podcast and people that listen to the show on the regular will get the first chance. So if you are interested, we have two leagues going on here. We have a 15 team MFBC 50, 50 round redraft. That's that's insane. 50 round, 15 team redraft. And if you're interested in that, you know, more of the major league types, um, there, that's one option. We also have, and David, you know about these, the 16-team Prospects Challenge Dynasty League, where you can only pick non-major league players, so prospects, hence everything we love about Prospects 1500. And you'll get points for them making to the big leagues and, of course, performing in the big leagues. Um, David, you're, you're in Chappie's League, and you, maybe you could speak a little bit more about what that's like, because I actually am not in that league, so maybe you can give the listeners an idea. Yeah, it, it's really kind of a, a crazy challenge, you know, not being able to pick up guys with uh, big league experience. There's, you know, especially with starting off now, like there's no uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. available. There's no Corbin Burns, no Jacob deGrom, no Mike Trout. None of those guys are available for anyone to have. It is all just going straight prospects, and it, it's a crazy challenge. I mean, with, with especially with a limited um, roster uh, in the minor leagues, you know, once guys get promoted and get called up, you know, trying to fill spots, trying to look through and, and see which guys are coming up and and trying to snag good guys while they're available, but also trying to uh, keep a full roster. It's it's a challenge, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you've been listening to us, you'll you'll be awesome at it, and you'll probably win, and you'll be super famous afterwards. So if you're interested in either of these teams, that's a 15 team and a 16 team league, the two I just mentioned, please email us at prospects1500 at gmail.com, or you can tweet at prospects1500 directly for uh, a chance to get into those leagues. And we'll have a few, I think, staff members, but I think a lot of the spots are going to go to listeners. Um, uh, and you know followers on twitter so if you haven't done so follow us on twitter as well and uh, i'm excited to get that going i feel like uh, if that's you know that's the next step in our brand is we gotta we gotta get some listeners and and some of our followers involved so i'm I'm super excited 
We're going to be starting that up today. So email us again. That email is prospects1500 at gmail.com or tweet us at prospects1500 on Twitter. All right. With all of that being said, here's what we're going to do today, gentlemen. We are going to do a mock draft, but not so much of, oh, because I will lose to both of you. I'll just be honest. If we were going to have a, a mock draft, I'd probably lose to both of you. I'm not worried about who has the best draft right now. What I'm worried about is the order in which they're being drafted, and we can analyze that to give people an idea of, A, how they did in their drafts, because a lot of drafts are over. We get that. Or B, what they could looking at going into their upcoming first-year player draft, what they might want to target, um, ideas of where players would go in drafts. Um, I've now done a couple. They've all been entirely different. I don't know about you guys, but like all of my drafts are different. I got guys going different at number one. I got Suzuki going, you know, fifth overall, and then all the way at 17th overall. I mean, it's crazy to think about. Uh, how different these first-year player drafts because a lot of people have done one day of research, if you will. So uh, hopefully getting this little mock draft style will give us an idea of a, of a ranking system that we have. So um, we're just going to go in alphabetical order. My name is Alex, so I will be first. <laughs> yes, love it. David, you'll go next. I wonder who on. decided that. <laughs> hey, I need all the help I can get against you two. I'm just going to admit that right okay. now. Um, David, you'll be next. Sean, you'll come up at the at the rear, and with a snake draft, you'll get two back-to-back picks. So we'll go quickly through this. We'll try to do maybe a one round before our break here, and uh, we'll do it really quickly. We don't need to talk about the players or, or why we're doing it. Maybe a sentence if you want to. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll take a look at the order that we've created here live on air and then analyze that, and that can give listeners kind of a – flow chart okay i'm up first to me i i was conflicted about this um but it, after too many hours looking at twitter videos of these guys it's marcelo meyer for me at number one no doubt about it david you're on the clock for your first pick all right well for my first pick i am also going to go to the prep shortstop ranks from last year's draft and uh, I am going to have to go with Jordan Lawler. A beautiful pick, indeed. Sean, you have two picks. Go you can it. have his shredded shoulder. I <laughs> will. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, like I said, need arms, Jack Leiter. And uh, you know what? Let's go Henry Davis. He went number one overall. Let's get a oh. power hitting at backstop. Hmm. Okay. Oh, all right. And that leaves on the board for me, Brady House falling uh, into my you. lap in the second round. You. Oh, excellent. I was debating between Lawler and House there at number two, and I end up getting both. Beautiful. I love House. That was the one guy that I was, like, ready to shock the world with and take number one. But I can't do it. But uh, it would have been nice if we fell. Uh, with my back-to-back pick, so you have House and Lawler off the board. I'm going to go with uh, Khalil Watson. For sure. Can't even although I take it in short, I don't really care about position at this point. Now we have to decide should we include Suzuki or not? Because if we are going to include Suzuki, I'm probably taking him here. I, I think we should include Suzuki. Sure. Okay. He's my pick there at the turn. David, you're up. All right. Well, next up for me, uh, I think that this has to be uh, pretty clear. Colton Kowser. Kowser. 
Beautiful. Who would have been my next one? Thanks a lot for that one. <laughs> Sniping everybody. Always <laughs> nice when you hear that from Sean. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, dive into the international market and go Christian Vaquero, wow, the okay, Cuban Vaquero with the Nationals. And then let's go ahead and grab Benny Montgomery, outfielder with Whoa. the uh, Rockies. Ooh, interesting. interesting. We have a lot to talk about, gentlemen. <laughs> so we'll do one more for you, David, and then one more for me, and that'll be our first round. All right. Well, let's see. I think for me at this spot, I'm going to hmm, so many options. This is a tough but pick I, right here. Yeah, very, very tough pick. But I think at this point, at this point in the draft, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Sal Freelick. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, I thought you were going to snipe me again because I'm going Triantos next. To uh, I, was de- I was debating between. Oh, I, know and you were. I know you were. I love Triantos. I love Jeff Bagwell. Okay. A couple of great players not making our first round. Granted, this is a 12 team dynasty league, which I don't know how common those are, but for the sake of just getting some analysis here, let me remind you about the order. So this is like the ranking, if you will, the aggregate. And you know what? I don't disagree with a lot of this, um, but it goes Marcelo Meyer, Jordan Lawler, Jack Leiter, Henry Davis, Brady House, Khalil Watson, say hey, is it say ya, say ya, Suzuki? Say ya. Say ya. Say ya, say, Suzuki. Say ya, Suzuki. Um, Colton Kowser, Christian Vaquero, which I, I'm very interested in that, Benny Montgomery, Sal Freelich, and James Trianto. So... I'm going to go to Sean first, since he had to wait a little bit to get those picks in. What do you think about that order? Does anything shock you, or does this seem like a legitimate, you know, ranking, uh, if we were to, like, maybe put one out on the site for people to maybe follow in their drafts? I mean, the Suzuki, it depends on, you know, what your need is. If you need somebody sooner rather than later, I could see him kind of going higher than uh, – than that, but for the most part, I mean, Marcelo Meyer is to me the unquestioned number one. Um, frankly, I, I what I've heard about that shoulder injury with Jordan Lawler, I personally am staying away. Really? <laughs> I uh, I hope I hope that he's he comes back, mounts it back really well. Um, I just he's one that I personally would would shy away from. So uh, that's just my own personal one. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, do we only see one pitcher come off with the uh, Jack Leiter there? That is correct. Yeah. One pitcher. And I'm not mad at that. I mean, I think the second and third rounds are where the pitchers are going to fly off the board to me. And we'll get to those guys in a minute. But I, I can't imagine you taking another pitcher ahead of these 12. Could you? Sean? No, Sean? it's just one of the. No, so it's just one of those things, like I said. Yeah, next season you're going to see a bunch of bats again. Uh, it just kind of goes to show the arms are uh, the the bats are just more valuable right now, or at least they're more there's more promise in bats. The arms are just too unreliable. There's so many injuries that happen. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how lighter does, but uh, just kind of interesting to see when you know it is going to be a bat heavy early on. I yeah, I think just the bats. There's more predictability there you know there's going to be some aces in this draft it's just you don't have no idea 
who they're going to be. Even Jack Leiter, like, you, if you had to bet one guy, it might be it. But at the same time, like, he, he does have a floor where, like, he's just a, a third or fourth starter um, because, because he doesn't develop. I mean, it's all about who gets to that advanced coaching and learns to throw a third pitch. I mean, that's kind of what I'm starting to realize. Maybe, David, you can tell me how off I am on that or if that's accurate. But, I mean, most of these guys have those two pitches. And then when they rec- get that third pitch, that's when we start to see ace uh, type of things or even a fourth pitch. I mean, if you can get that third and fourth pitch, that's what's really golden, isn't it, David? Right, yeah. I mean, to, to succeed in a starting rotation, you need at least three pitches. And, I mean, for some of these guys at the level they're pitching at, I mean, in whether it be in high school or in college, they may only need two pitches to succeed at that level, whether it be high school or college, especially high school guys. Um, but once you get to the pros, you need that third pitch to be successful as a starter. Um, so, like, you know, a guy like Jack Leiter or, or Jackson Job. Uh, they could, you know, succeed with just fastball, curveball, or, or whatever, and you know, be fine at the levels they were at. But when you get into pro ball, you need a third pitch. You need a, you know, you, you could use a fourth pitch to really be successful in that rotation. Now, Sean, you've been doing this for a while. Is this just the luck of the draw, or is this kind of how first-year player drafts go for you? Where like, let's just take the bats when we have any you know 50 50 calls or is this just a random exactly the the thing is is when when it comes to uh when it comes to player development there's just so many question marks when it comes to the arms um it's actually why we talked when we talked back at the draft i loved what the angels did people looked at it and said they only took arms yeah because you don't know who like it, it, it's, it's throw a bunch against the wall and see what sticks and mm. while that sounds like a crapshoot Arms, prep arms and college arms, they are a crapshoot. You just don't know who's going to be able to stay healthy, whose shoulders going to hold up, um, you know, what, you know, how many Tommy Johns before they reach the big leagues. Frankly, the bats are just playing more reliable and you can trust them a little bit more. Yeah, and, and, to, and to add on to that, when, like, when it comes to pitching development, like you can really find pitchers anywhere in the draft. Um, and, and it's all really about development with them. I mean, hitters like, like hitting is, is a bit more of, of something that like, there's only so much you can do with, you know, either you're a really strong hitter, uh, or you're not, you know, you're not going to take someone who has a very low hit tool and turn them into a 300 average type of guy usually, but pitchers, I mean, you can really develop them. I mean, I know I take a lot of Brewers examples, but Corbin Burns, a fourth rounder, Brandon Woodruff, an 11th rounder. I mean, those were guys that no one really thought had ace potential, yet here they are as aces. You know, and you'd have guys drafted in the first or second round, they didn't pan out. So, I mean, really, you could find good pitchers uh, anywhere in the draft, and, and it's all a matter of development with them, and, and as Sean was pointing out, keeping them healthy. Um, but hitters, you know, typically, like that's something like, if you got a really strong hit tool, you're going up near the top. You're not, you're not going to be a, a 13th-round draft pick if you're that strong of a hitter. Yeah, excellent. And also just looking looking back, depending how far back you want to go, some of the the best relief pitchers in in fantasy, you go all the way back to Trevor Hoffman. He was coming up as a shortstop. Kenley Jansen had one of the great. Kenley Jansen had one of the best pickoff uh, throws as a catcher against the Dominican Republic in the World Baseball Classic. These are two what proved to be great closers who came up as position players before being transitioned. So you never know where those pitchers are going to come from. 
Okay, okay, okay. With all of that being said, Sean, you took Jack Leiter with your first round pick. So is he going to break the the mold of kind of the strategy that we just sort of went over? Like, why are you willing to take him ahead? I mean, you got Henry Davis too, but ahead, let's say you didn't, but ahead of Henry, ahead of House, ahead of Watson, these guys, I mean, you must really believe in Leiter then. See, for me, Jack Leiter, there's just something about him this year. One, I don't like pictures of the Texas Rangers organization, yet I still picked him. Um, The guy, when he threw his no-hitter, you know, as Dave was mentioned earlier, the, that needing extra pitches, he threw his no hitter in, in college and basically only threw fastballs. Um, you know, when he was off, he was still the best pitcher in college, last year, and he's only going to get better. Now, well, there is definitely a risk, especially with how much the number of uh, pitches he threw at Vandy. There's definitely that risk there, but at the same time. That fastball, that curveball, I think are both elite. I think that the, he's going to have a slider and changeup to work. I think he's going to be a legitimate four-pitch guy, and I don't think he's going to take very long. I think that you know he didn't pitch after he got uh, drafted last year. I think you know he'd be slow into slow this season, and then ramp him up pretty quick. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the twenty-four opening day roster. Wow. <laughs> Ooh. I'm looking at some drafts that I just have completed and. They both have lighter in the top three, and you had lighter here at three, obviously. So that might it might be the play. I mean, his floor is so good. I think is what gets me sort of to buy into it. Is that yeah, he might not be that ace, but man, like you're saying, Sean, he's he's going to be in that rotation. <laughs> I mean, he you, you watch him pitch, he's just in a this, powerful in- human. Yeah, this year it's lighter. There's everybody else when it comes to the arms. Um, a few more to just go over and we'll take a break here and we'll come back and finish maybe a, a second or third round. Um, Henry Davis, that, that swing looks really weird, but it reminds me of one of my cult favorites, Evan Gaddis. Uh, of course, Gaddis had a, a, a run there a year or two. Um, so I don't know to be worried about it or not. Sean, since you picked him, you're you're obviously ready to go with Henry Davis. Um, what do you think about that swing? Uh, does it worry you at all, or are you just ready to go with him? One thing I've come to realize is that <laughs> whatever happens before the bat meets the ball uh, can look as weird as you want it to look. He he gets the job. He gets the bat to ball. Uh, day, I, I believe that that bat that that swing is going to work. The Pirates are pretty good when it comes to making some light adjustments here and there. I think that, uh, you know, you're going to see a different approach to the plate, uh, kind of calm that swing down a little bit. But but in, in, what up, end up happening is he's got quality bat-to-ball skills. He's got pop coming from a catcher position where I think he sticks. To me, there's just a value to it. Um, again, when it comes to catchers in this draft, yeah, there's – there is um. Harry Ford, who you could argue it could have similar value. I'm not big on prep uh, catchers. So to me, it, it's Davis and everybody else at the catcher position. So that's what I did those first two picks. Two positions were, to me, it was a clear-cut number one and a big drop-off afterwards. So I went for scarcity more than anything else. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, even Harry Ford. I mean, the chances that he's coming to the big leagues as a catcher, I'd say, is under 20%. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, Henry Davis looks like a 
monster. I mean, I, if I saw him in the street, I certainly wouldn't make fun of his pants or anything like that. He, <laughs> he looks like, <laughs> I mean, he just looks like he can crush baseballs. But the swing is, is this, it's a little strange, but uh, I hear what you're saying. The scarcity definitely comes into play. Um, David, let me come to you. Uh, your eighth, the eighth overall pick, I guess, in the draft, your third pick, you picked Colton Cowser, and he didn't even hesitate. So I'm wondering there, what do you think of the tier? I mean, we love to make tiers here. Um, I'll let you kind of, do all those guys sort of belong in that first tier? Um, and does it yeah. end with Cowser? I mean, is that kind of where they're at? Or do you think like Meyer is in a tier of his own and then it's kind of everybody else? What do you think? Well, yeah, I, I think that kind of top eight there, Meyer, Lawler, Leiter, Davis, House, Watson, Suzuki, and Kowser, I think that's really kind of a clear uh, first group. I mean, if, if you want to put Meyer in a tier of his own, that's fine. You know, th- then you can call the rest of that group the second tier. But I think Kowser kind of finishes off that uh, – that that tier there of of guys then you're kind of looking at your uh your Freelix, you know your trantos vaquero and the other guys we're, we're looking at there um as you get kind of further down the draft board but i think Kowser kind of finishes out that top group um for for first year player draft so um you know that there's kind of that top eight and Kowser was the last remaining guy last remaining guy of that group and it was an easy choice to take him yeah, I, I don't – you can mix this order up. Even Meyer, like, if you didn't want to take Meyer number one. Right, you yeah. Wanted, and you, you just had this, like, Henry Davis, number one. I don't – like, I wouldn't get mad at that. So, I think, like, taking Cowser over Watson or even House, Dave – like, I wouldn't be shocked. But then after that, I definitely would. Like, if you were taking Vaquero or Benny Montgomery ahead of any of those eight, I would be really surprised. Which brings right. me, Sean, to your pick of Vaquero – because maybe I don't, I don't know about these guys enough, but I know Vaquero and I know Roderick Arias. I've fallen in love with Arias a lot as a switch hitter. Um, a lot of swag. I love the swag and those switch hitters. Um, but you picked Vaquero first, now fielder, instead of the uh, the, the shortstop. So I, I just wanted to know your thoughts on why Vaquero. And number two, how close is Arias to Vaquero in your mind? Yeah, I, you could absolutely argue Arias versus Vaquero. For me, I like Vaquero uh, a little bit more. I, you know, I just coming out of Cuba, they, to me, they tend to come a little bit more polished for me. Um, you know, he's got the more of the five tool that uh, I like. He, I think that he's you know, runs really well. I think he's a center fielder with legitimate pop. I think the offensive numbers are going to be – I think the offensive numbers are going to be better for Vaquero than Arias. Arias is going to be more the playing the shortstop, and, and his baseball value is going to come uh, in position um, as much as his offensive production. So on the fantasy way, uh, conversation, to me, Vaquero, his power, his speed, that combination, um, it's a no-brainer. You can absolutely argue it in the uh, baseball context but as far as the fantasy context to me vaquero has a pretty clear cut number one is the international guys what about you david you agree with that yeah yeah i pretty much agree with that i mean it's um i mean there's there's a lot of risk with some of these international guys but also i mean that, that's where you're going to find some some real superstars um and we've seen that a lot in recent years with uh 
Fernando Tatis. Everyone and, that's uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ronald Acuna <laughs> and Wander Franco and Vlad Guerrero Jr. and so on and so forth. Yeah. So you can find some superstars or maybe some guys that flame out, but uh, that, that's a place where, I mean, really, Vaquero is, is as good a bet as any of them, really. You know, it's interesting. I think, like, the number – it's either the number one or number two ranked international guy is very reliably becoming something very valuable, and that, that could just be a random thing. But, like, the names you mentioned – I mean, when you get an Acuna or you get a Tatis or you get a Guerrero, uh, you get a Soto, something like that, just uh, it's amazing, you know, and you, you don't you're not investing a lot of capital because, I mean, of course, you took Vaquero in the first round, but I don't even think you need to. I think you can get him in second rounds and Arias and I've had Arias go in third. So but the superstars seemingly come from that. I mean, they come from the international scene more often than not. Let's go ahead and take a break right now. We'll come back. I think the first round, we did a good job interpreting that. I think the second and third rounds are where we're going to find a lot of interesting conversations. So let's take a break. We'll be right back after this. Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. back futures focus here with you podcast brought to you by prospects 1500 alex sanchez your host david gasper my other host and sean kernerhan our special guest today we are continuing on with the second round of our first year player mock draft again we're not worried so much about who we individually are drafting but rather to form some sort of aggregate list ranking whatever what have you, I think that is more helpful than saying, oh, you know what, uh, Sean beat us in this, and he's the best. Yeah, we already know that. It's no big deal. But let's go ahead and continue with the second round, and I am on the clock. And to me, it's a very close call here. I'm between two guys, and I, I'm willing to bet that you're going to take whoever I don't take here, David. Let me see if I'm right. But for the sake of this, I think I'm going to take Harry Ford next with the uh, 13th overall pick. And David, you're on the clock. Mm, very tough. Uh, very tough. A lot of uh, different directions I could go. But uh, one guy I really kind of fell in love with um, and I think is going to be really quite the stud, and I'm kind of surprised you didn't choose him, James Wood. Hmm. Okay, James Wood. No, that was not the other guy I was thinking of, so I'm wondering. No. Oh. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, Sean's going to pick him. I bet he will. Go, All Sean. I'm going to say is I'm going to make Detroit Tigers fans very happy right now. Uh, 
Jackson Job and Ty Madden back to back. That makes it really easy for me. Wow. Oh. Madden that yeah. high. Interesting. Okay. I was incredibly high on Madden coming to the draft. I, full disclosure there. I was always high on him, but I think that he has he might actually have the higher floor than lighter. Oh wow. Ty Madden? Wow, we gotta talk about that after. Let's higher talk about floor, that not higher ceiling. There's a difference. I still am not going to change yeah. my surprise with that. But, okay, fair enough. Um, David, you're up. Oh, man. Hmm. Very tough. I'm I'm between a couple of shortstops here. Oh, no. Not my guy. Well, I wonder who it's going to be. Which one am I taking? <laughs> well, you tell me. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to end up taking Trey Sweeney. Ooh, Sweeney. Okay. I'm going, this is easy. Like, I would be ecstatic if this happened for me. And this is Matt McClain. Yeah. And I'm going to go with uh, Ari, uh, Arias as well. Roderick Arias. That's tough for me to say right now. Roderick Arias. And back to you, David. Mm. Well, I'm going to go with uh, one of my favorite pitchers in the draft here. A Hale State alum will bednar yeah you wanted the brewers to take them yeah sniper by the giants <laughs> freaking jerks all right sean you're up for two who do you got apparently i'm gonna make a trend of this and i'm gonna go an entire uh pitcher round i'm gonna go sam bach with the angels and then jordan wicks with the cubs Ooh. all right you're up david Tough decisions, tough decisions. All right, I, th- I think this is where we're really going to start getting into the uh, getting into the pitchers here. But uh, Cleveland has had great success developing pitchers, and I'm going to go with their next future Cy Young winner because they developed them like crazy over there. Gavin Williams, G Will, as I like to call him, that I just made up. Really? Right now. I just made that up right now. Absolutely. I might not take a picture pitcher at all in this draft. You hate pitchers. You hate pitchers with a passion, especially first year player draft pitchers, um, because well, first of all, there's Jay Allen on the board who I'm clearly going to take ahead of any pitcher right now. But there, um, actually, I was really close to go. If if somebody had picked Jay Allen, I might have done a pitcher. All right, let me recap round two here for you. Harry Ford, James Wood, Jackson Job, Ty Madden, Trey Sweeney, Matt McClain. Roderick Arias, Will Bednar, Sam Bachman, John Wicks, um, Jordan Wicks. Sorry, I'm sorry, not not John Wick. <laughs> that's, a, that's the uh, that's the um, great movies. Uh, Would have been a Wick. whole different draft. Yeah, that will, maybe that's worth drafting him for. You can rename your team after that, you know. Okay, Gavin, but if John Wick was available, he would have gone number one. Yeah, absolutely. I love those movies, by the way. Gavin Williams, Jay Allen, uh, rounds out that draft. Okay, so. I, I, I want to, I mean, the one guy that I sort of know a little bit more than, than most of these guys is James Wood. So I am, uh, I, I don't think I'm willing to take James Wood ahead of a few of those guys, but that is around the range. I think maybe a few picks later, I think James Wood has the highest ceiling of almost anybody in the draft. It's just, it's such a risky profile that I've fallen in love with a lot of times in the past. And like Will Benson comes to mind, Jason Hayward comes to mind of guys that just like, oh my God, this guy is going to be 
a monster. He's a wide receiver playing football, and it just it just hasn't worked out a lot for me. So I'm a little bit hesitant. But David, you like James Wood there at 14, so um, I I can't blame. I mean, the upside is just incredible. Uh, Sean, going to you. I mean, we got to talk about these two picks here. So you like the Tigers picks uh, of Job and Madden, and uh, tell me about those guys a little bit more. So, so Job was the clear-cut prep arm coming out of the draft. Big fastball, massive slider. Um, you know, as we were talking about earlier, he didn't need the pitches to uh, to dominate in high school. But you know, he's got loose. He's got a loose delivery. I, I just really think he's a, a clear-cut prep arm in that last year's draft. Ends up with the Tigers, who have so many of those uh, advanced arms. He can he can slowly develop, be around a bunch of really good young pitchers at the same time. I think it shakes out really well for his development. Um, and then Ty Madden, yes, I said it. Ty Madden has the highest floor of anybody in the draft. He's just one of those guys. The thing with Jack Leiter, his floor is as a dominant relief pitcher. That's his floor. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's a starter and all that stuff. But I could see him only having the one or two pitches. Ty Madden has the body, the delivery, the pitch mix, all of that that you want to be a, a clear-cut starter. And I think his floor is a number four starter, which may not be massive in the fantasy world, but it was absolutely going to be a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball, no doubt about it to me. And to me, that is as safe a pick as far as a pitcher goes in this draft. Okay, that's a great argument. But what's the ceiling of Ty Madden then? Is it the um, same? <laughs> it's a really high three, low two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, he's not going to have the giant cur- the uh, fastball. I'm sorry, the giant strikeout numbers and like that. But he's a guy that could get you a lot of wins on a team when that Tigers team turns around and really starts being competitive. I think that he's a guy that can really be a quality mid rotation guy that puts up a lot of innings, a lot of j- counting numbers. I think he's he's a counting number guy. Okay, fair. I mean, I I haven't seen Madden go that high in any drafts, uh, and so for you to sort of put out all all in on that guy, you're you're going to be able to get Madden. I think a lot later in drafts. I'm thinking third, fourth round, or maybe even undrafted, depending how shallow your league is. Um, and you're willing to to go with the marbles there at at 16. It's fascinating to me. Um, I'm very interested in that. David Trey Sweeney. Um, it sounded like you were maybe thinking between Sweeney and Matt McLean, what, what urged you to go trace Sweeney? Yeah, I, I think with uh, Sweeney, I think there's just a little bit more uh, power potential with him. Um, and, and I think that just kind of stuck out to me a little bit more than, than McLean. I mean, McLean's a, you know, really solid hitter um, and, he, and he's going to have some power, but you know, I'm not sure how much of a, of an impact he's going to provide offensively like that. Whereas Sweeney, um, I feel like he has a lot more power to, to play with as he develops. I think McLean is very similar, Sean. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong with this. With the floor, I mean, McLean's floor to me is like major league shortstop. Mm-hmm. You know, on any, not maybe not a first division team, but I mean, he, he is going to be in the big leagues. Um, and what I really like about him, I think that people maybe – you know, they just see what he did at UCLA and he didn't do it for too long. But we have to remember he was highly recruited out of high school and was a very popular pick and had an injury that really limited him 
for that first year and probably the second year, you know, well, he had the COVID as well. And coming out and doing what he did in a UCLA his junior year and then what he was able to do, uh, you know, as a professional, really good stuff. I mean, 10 stolen bases, three home runs and 119 plate appearances. If you don't include the rookie ball stuff, I think Mac McClain's floor is just is the Ty Madden floor that you were talking about. But the Sweeney power is is definitely tempting. Plus, I don't know if this is worth mentioning on the air, but I mean, Yankees prospect versus Reds prospect. I just feel like you get a boost for Yankees prospects, no matter who they are, if they're good or not. And you can look at Jason Dominguez, like, there you go. <laughs> we don't even know if he's good yet. And you're like, people will, will give top five prospects for him. Um, and, and then at the end of our draft here, we definitely go pitcher heavy with Will Bednar, Sam Bachman, uh, Jordan Wicks, Gavin Williams. Sean, let me go to you. Um, I know you picked a few of those guys, but it, you know, is the second round where we should uh, look for those guys, or are you kind of floating them up to to say how much confidence you have in them? No, this is uh, coming into this round. I think I would have had six of my top seven guys in that round would have been pitchers. Wow. Uh, the the four I took: Gavin Williams, Will Bednar, and for me, McLean. For me, those have been the the six, the sorry, the seven guys I would have had. I were I was targeting in that round. Um, so as soon as McLean came off, I knew I was getting going a pitcher only round. Um, it, to me, that was just, it's just that's where the pitchers fell. They fall heavy in that second round, in my opinion. Here, which which one? Like, if you had to bet on the one that that is you know 15 years. Number one, number two, number three, just just legitimate pitcher for a long time. Which one do you think it is, Sean? Um, taking away Madden because, of course, we talked about his floor. I'm I'm a little bit old school in the fact that I think that a, a fastball changeup combination is as deadly as anything. Nobody had as good of a changeup as Jordan Wicks coming out of Kansas State now with the Cubs. I think his changeup, along with that uh, well placed fastball that he has and, and a quality breaking ball, I think Jordan Wicks is going to surprise some people. What about you, David? What do you think? Well, uh, as both of you guys probably know, I was as big on Will Bednar uh, going into the draft as just about anybody. Um, and, you know, I, I think that guy is going to be uh, a stud uh, for a long time, especially in a in a pitcher's park like San Francisco uh, for the next several years. I mean, that's also I think going to kind of uh, help a little bit. But I mean, dude, dude's just an absolute bulldog. I mean, yes, Mississippi State Bulldog, but also, I mean, he's a Bulldog on the mound. I love that mentality, uh, especially in in pitchers. And uh, he's a guy that I, you know, I've talked, you know, plenty about, about how much I really like him as a prospect. So, I mean, that's my guy, but I I also like Bachman. I also really liked Wicks. Um, So, I mean, there's there's a lot of really good pitchers going off in this round in, in this tier. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, if you're you're talking to the the non-pitcher guy of this group, I think that trusting Gavin Williams and the Guardians and their organization is a smart move. And uh, I think that's who, you know, if I had to pick one guy here, that would just be the guy that i go with because, you know, he's 22 years old. I think he's going to make it quickly to the big leagues compared to some of these other guys. And, and that's the guy that uh that intrigues me all right shall we move on to the third round i think we'll kind of call it a day here at the third round and maybe we can talk about uh some other 
hidden gems after that. Maybe that we won't draft, but just guys you might like one or two guys that don't get picked. That maybe you know if you're on the free agent wire and you wanted to pick somebody up that doesn't get drafted in this so-called mock draft or whatever we can do. So um, I guess I'm on the clock right here in uh, yep. in round number three. So I I guess I will go pitcher and. Ooh. Yeah, I think I think at this point Gunnar Hogland should probably be mm. off the board, so I'll go ahead and go with him. David, you're sniped up. me. That's yeah, what I was fine. going with. Nice, like it. All right. Well, I am also going to uh, continue the the trend on pitchers here, um, and I'm going to end up going with the former Gaucho of UC Santa Barbara, Michael McGreevy. McGreevy. My alma mater, by the way. Love it. Can't get mad at that pick. It's Sean, you're up for two. So I'm going to go ahead and buck my own trend. I'm going to go Lonnie White Jr., the outfielder with the Pirates. And then Colson Montgomery, shortstop with the White Sox. I was wondering how long he was going to last. I was thinking of I picking him next. I had to double check to make sure he wasn't picked. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a steal there, too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now back to me. Mm. Well, you know, I think I'm going to, uh, you know, I know we talk about catchers a lot here, you know, liking high school catchers or not, but uh, I really like Joe Mack. I think he's a really good player. Okay, I'm I'm no clue who Joe Mack is. I'm not going to lie to you, Dave. He, he was a high school catcher picked by Miami. Uh, okay. He was in the oh, yes. competitive balance round A. I do, I, I do recognize the name. So I'm, I'm coming back to you with that. I want you, uh, because that's a, that's a very high pick for Joe Mack. So I'm going to come back to you on that one. Um, I'm up for two. I'm getting nervous now because we're getting to guys like, just kind of like you did, I guess, David, right? You're picking guys that you just like. And it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. if it's the third or fourth or fifth round because <laughs> it's anybody's uh, guess here. I'm going to go Josh Baez from the Cardinals. Mm. Just the fact that he says he wants to be better than Mike Trout got me ready to go with him. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. And, oh, goodness. I I like him because it, I feel like the Royals kind of know what they're doing. and. Draft capital was high, and that's Frank Mazzucato. Ooh, that's at, pretty high. At 31, yeah. Maybe a little too high, but we'll see what for, you guys For a guy who doesn't like pitchers, taking Mazzucato, 31 overall, interesting. Yeah, I think I think he has some, some potential there, but uh, it's up to you, David. You're next. All right. Uh, let's see. For me, hmm, bunch of options on the board. Um, but I think I'm going to end up having to go with another pitcher and Andrew Painter. Right-hander Philadelphia. And then, Sean, your last two overall picks, I guess, will be? So I'm going to go Connor Norby, the uh, the old second baseman that came from Eastern Carolina. And then got to go with some of those two-way guys as Tempting as it is to go with Spencer Schwollenbacher, uh, I'll say Bubba Chandler with the Pirates. Oh, that was going to be the guy I was going to finish with. Okay, never mind. David, you're up. All right. How to finish this off. 
Let's see. I think. Tough choices. Tough choices. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I think at this point, Tampa Bay has just a way of churning out guys uh, and turning them into studs somehow. So I'm going to take a very talented hitter in Tampa Bay system with Cooper Kinney. They have a lot that you could choose from, really, this year, the Rays. Because I thought I was already writing Carson Williams down, but Cooper Kinney is the is the pick, which is not a – I mean, they could go either or, in my opinion. Um, I, I have two guys here. Do I want to pick the pitcher? Do I want to go with the uh, with the hitter? I think I should stay you – know, do, do the pitcher, YOLO. Come on. All right, fine. Ryan Cusick for the – There you go. Ryan Cusick. I, the I was thinking of Cusick there. I was debating. Yeah, it, I like gone heavy on pitchers there. All right, let's go ahead and uh, review this third round. We have Connor Hogland, McGreevy, Lonnie White, Colson Montgomery, Joe Mack, Josh Baez, Mazzucato, Painter, Norby, Chandler, Bubba Chandler, Cooper Kinney, and Ryan Kuzik. Okay, I'm coming right to you, David. Joe Mack, you're willing to go out and put him in the third round. So, what do you, I mean, a prep catcher from Miami, there's a lot of, uh, red flags here but you're you're all in here on him it seems like what do you got for me yeah i mean kid's just a a really talented hitter um you know i know i know the history of of high school catchers and um you know maybe maybe his future position isn't at catcher or maybe it takes a while for him to develop but you know i really think he's a he's a super strong hitter uh there's a lot of power in there as well um so you know, I, I really like that Miami draft class this past year, and, and Joe Mack, I, I think, is, uh, you know, really saw a guy who could end up being a cornerstone of, of the next time the Marlins are are a really strong team, uh, whenever that is. And But a really talented hitter, and, you know, draft the bat and, and figure out the position later. And then, Sean, over to you. I want to – I mean, you took two guys that I think – we would probably all agree shouldn't be here at, at number 27 and number 28 overall Lonnie white and Colson Montgomery. Surely I would have taken them if they had come back to me almost back to back as, as you had done. So um, a little late for them in the draft, but uh, a steal for you nonetheless. Can you tell us a little bit about those two? Yeah. I mean, Colson Montgomery, uh, my question is, is he stick at shortstop? I don't know what position he's going to playing bat bat absolutely plays um you know i think the i'm excited as the pirates were uh when they saw a white fall to them there um just all around of as a player really like lonnie white to me that was an absolute no-brainer for both of those lonnie white looks really legit i mean some of these guys of course you know we you don't see the the bad parts on their youtube or their their twitter videos or whatever but when lonnie white gets going and he looks really 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 good um i wanted to know what you guys thought of josh bias i didn't i didn't hear much reaction from you um to me i, I was uh, oh sorry go ahead oh yeah go, i mean that's what i'm asking what did what did you think about that josh bias pick well i, I was debating between bias and mac there at, at 29 so um, you know, I, I would have, I, I was close to taking them there. I was like, do I want to take two Cardinals in a row, um, and, and pull a Sean move? But, uh, I, I chose not to, but no bias. I think they're at 30. I think that's a really solid pick. 
And then Sean. Yeah, I was giving him consideration as well. Yeah, yeah. With with Baez though, another point I want to bring up. We look at his debut. You know, he's an he's an 18 year old at rookie ball, and he's hitting 179. Hits two home runs, you know, strikes out 28 times and 78 at bats. How much stock are we putting into these debut um, for you? Like on a scale of one to 10, how much does what they do to begin their career matter to you? For for me, very little. Um, it's such a change in what they're doing, uh, going from either high school or college into the, the pro ball. Uh you know, the prep kids, it's the first time away from home, all that stuff. There's just so many different things. That first, uh, you know, short season debut, to me, is a feet-wet scenario. Um, if we're talking here midseason this year and those who are struggling are still struggling, or those who went off are still going off, then I'll take some stock into it. But as of right now, almost none for me. Almost none. Even if they blow up like, a, you know, Blaze Jordan is the, the guy that comes to me where – you know, the doubts were maybe he, he's, you know, he can't catch up to the professional ranks and he just dominates in that, that same, same thing. You don't overreact. Uh, it, it, I pay attention to it, but I don't, I wouldn't change my ranks in it just, just yet. Like I said, halfway through the second, the, the first full season, that's when it really starts to become a trend because, you know, like they say, you know, if you, if you, Go over ten in the middle of the season. Nobody says anything. If you go over ten to the start of the season, you know the sky is falling. If you you hit you know four home runs at the to start your uh, short season career, you're everybody's talking about you. If you do it in the middle of the season, nobody pays attention. To me, it's just one of those. It's easy to look at you know the start. It, it to me is not uh, indicative of any of anything moving forward. And we talked about trusting organizations. I mean, going back to the second round with me and Gavin Williams, David, you trusted an organization here with Cooper Keeney. Um, what what do you like about him? I know, uh, and maybe Carson Williams. I know they're in the same organization. Maybe it doesn't make sense to compare them, but like, I feel like Carson Williams. This is a good spot for him too. Um, what what takes your your preference to towards Cooper Kinney? Uh, I, I think Kenny has a stronger hit tool. I think there's a lot more questions about uh, Williams and his ability to to hit for a decent average and hit consistently. Uh, whereas Kenny, I mean, really strong barrel control, really advanced approach, and uh, there, there's you know some really good power in there as well that, that's continuing to develop. Um, uh, so he really kind of could could turn into something. You know, I think he's got a I think he's got a higher floor as a fantasy prospect. Uh, I think Williams, you know, with him, uh, you know, defensively um, and kind of what he brings there, I, I think that's going to maybe help, you know, help him get to the big leagues. Um, but I, I still think there are a few more questions about Williams' hit tool, so I went with Kenny. Yeah, power power is so tempting when you see it in these high schoolers and hoping that they, they grab that, even if they have just the average hit tool and they're, they already have that power at 18 years old or even 19 years old. It's really, really tempting. I, I definitely understand that. Sean, one thing I wanted to ask you, and then we'll kind of go to our sleeper picks here as well. So maybe start thinking of a name or two that you wanted to mention. But Sean, two guys here, that, and they happen to be both my picks. It just doesn't matter about that. But the point I'm making is they're both first-round talents. And in the fact that they got drafted in the first round, 
So clearly these teams saw something in them that they're willing to pull the trigger. Now there's a lot of signability and there's a lot of draft manipulation, which maybe we shouldn't have CBA. If you're listening to this, I know they, they probably are, but Frank Mazzucato and Ryan Cusick, right. They, they go in the first round in real life. And yet, you know, you could probably argue that the third round is too high for both of those guys. So what is the correlation when it comes to what teams are doing in real life versus our first-year player drafts? And maybe give me a, a synopsis of kind of how you feel about all of that. You know, it's funny you say maybe they should have gone lower. Um, I didn't agree with the, the Mazzucato pick when it happened, um, but I pulled up my old my, my top 350 from when I did that uh, before the draft started. I had Mazzucato at 35. I had Cusick at 23. Um Really not all that far off of, of where we're talking about here. Um, yeah, I think that Mazzucato was overdrafted, but he's got some, he's got some plenty of stuff. Um, Cusick, you know, coming out of Wake Forest, quality arm. I I like them both. Not in love with either of them. There are probably some guys, I, some arms that I still like a little bit better. But uh, you know, yeah, I don't think that either of them. Uh, really deserve to, you know, fall much beyond here or get the uh, the negative looks that uh, they are getting, um, despite you know some of the eyes that opened up uh, on draft day. And I've said this multiple times: Mazzucato getting picked seventh overall, I think, is going to lower him well further than it should because yes, he's not the seventh best player in this draft. There's no doubt, but he's not like the fiftieth best player either, which is where. You know, I, I'm getting him in fourth rounds or he's going undrafted. And like there's there's two things with these guys. I mean, they're not finished products. Mazzucato needs to grow into his body and and hit his projections. I mean, he's not going to you, you need that fastball to tick up and that curveball, probably a third pitch. And with Cusick, you just need him to throw strikes. I mean, if he's throwing strikes at ninety nine hundred miles per hour. You got a, 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 and he's got a, a great body for a starter you got an awesome player right there. And now will those things happen? We don't know, but for third round, uh, I mean, it's definitely preference for sure. I mean, at this point in the draft, that's what it is, but uh, I think we have a really great list here. Um, I'm looking at some of the other drafts I've done and, you know, um, you're, you're going to get steals in the first year player draft. I'm almost thinking that you don't want to fall in love with guys. Just let those that should not fall fall to you and you know matt mcclain for me you know i don't i don't think he's you know a first round talent type of guy uh if it's a 12 team league in in this particular case but you know at 18 i'm more than happy to pick somebody like him even if i'm not on the bandwagon per se and you know lonnie white falling to you sean um you picking up norby and bubba chandler and then david you know will bednar down at 20 gavin williams at 23 like these guys you may not be driving that train, but they're falling to us. And and that's the, the beauty of the first year player drafts is these guys are going to fall to us. Now to finish up our, our podcast here, let's say that's the draft. And now we have all the free agents remaining. Give me one name that your first pickup would be, you know, assuming you had that one extra, the roster spot. Uh, and we'll start with you, David, if you're ready, you can always pass if you're not ready, but David, if there's one more guy, you know, you just want to go pick up for free, no capital, no nothing involved. Who's somebody that you would you would click on first? Man, you're you're limiting me to just one. 
It's tough. Uh, go um, two if you want. Why not? It's Friday. All right. Um, all right. Well, then I'll go. I'll go one hitter and I'll go one pitcher. Uh, my one hitter. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with the my system here and go with Tyler Black. Um, you know, middle infielder. Uh, really strong feel for the barrel. Really strong hitter. Um, could uh, could move his way up the system pretty quickly and uh, have a pretty solid floor there as a hitter. Uh, and then as a pitcher uh, that I'd be I'd be targeting, Kai Bush, uh, left-handed pitcher drafted by the Angels. You know I know they drafted a whole bunch, but uh, really athletic guy, four pitch mix, uh, big fastball, really strong command. Um, you know of all those pitchers that, that the Angels took, um, you know. I, I think Kai Bush has as strong a chance as any of them, you know, probably strong chances Bachman uh, to really kind of make it up to the big leagues and, and have an impact. And uh, I really like that. Uh, I really like that Kai Bush pick. So I'm taking Bush and, and Tyler Black. Okay. Well, Sean, let's do two for you as well. Just, I find it better to get two than for one. So uh, <laughs> what do you think here? You know, you're at the free agent wire. Who are you picking up? Uh if I'm going to go for an arm, um, I would look uh, Anthony Solomedo, like Tim coming out. But the bat is what I want to get excited on. High school kid did not get drafted anywhere, including his home country of South Korea. Now with the St. Louis Cardinals outfielder Juan Bin Cho. Hmm. Dude has legitimate power. I would be willing to bet most people are completely overlooking him. I think he's going to be a dude. Oh, love it. Love that pick. We went well. Real sleepers. That's that's yeah. yeah. He's probably still sleeping himself right now. (laughs) Love it. Um, Since we we were doing two, I think uh, a guy that I've really sort of come to like here is the White Sox power hitting left handed hitter Wes Cath. Uh, I think his power is just easy, and it's crazy uh, how much he has right now as a 18-year-old, and I think he actually might be even 19-year-old. Um, but uh, he has uh, just—he looks like just a masher, uh, a la kind of James Wood, where you're like, wow, this guy is uh, at this age looking like that. There's just a lot to like there. And then I think we have to mention Zach Geloff. I think that a lot of teams. You know, you're playing with would pick him within the first three rounds for sure. And we would be remiss not to mention him. I think he's a, a nice riser, a great solid pick to, to think about as well for the Oakland Athletics. All right. Well, let me ask you one last question, Sean. Um, doing this together, you know, with two two strangers, we didn't kind of well, we're not strangers, but two guys that, you know, we didn't prepare ahead of this. We kind of just went with the flow. Any surprises here? Like what what? What did you learn doing this exercise here together with us tonight? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> talking about we basically got on this call in about 30 seconds before we started it. We said, all right, this is what we're doing. Uh, so this was truly a, kind of an ad hoc draft. But, you know, it's funny. The thing that jumped out to me is how often we snaked each other. We, we took the player right in front of the other. Um, you know, yeah, there's some outliers. There is going to be in every draft. But, uh, you know, go for the guys you want. Uh, you know, I you know have that high belief in Ty Madden. I went after him. Uh, you know, the guys that you believe in, that you basically can't live without, make sure you target them early. Um, 
Because otherwise, David will step in and take them from you. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to come back to you, David, and let you kind of answer that same question. But uh, I get in a bad habit of, you know, not trading up for a guy. Let's say um, I, I think I had an example of this. I think it was Roderick Arias the other day, where I was sitting there. I have four or five picks away, and it's like the third round or whatever, and he shouldn't have been there. I could have easily sent out an easy trade offer where we swap picks and I sent like a third rounder next year or something like that to make sure I got him. And I'm like, you know what? He's not going to get picked. It's fine. Two more, three more picks, but they go. I mean, it's just like the NFL draft for fantasy. I mean, guys know who's good and don't wait on your guy because you won't get him. I mean, and then at that point, you know, I was so devastated that I was like, to me, the drop off from what I would have gotten with Arias versus who I actually had to take which I think was, um, I don't even remember who it was. I think it was Baez or something like that. Maybe not. I, I, don't, even, I don't even remember. The, the point is, I was very disappointed to get who I got instead. <laughs> so get your guy, trade up if you want to. You'll be amazed at how people, they'll, they'll take your guy, even though it's not their guy. So offer them a, a, a future pick, third, fourth round. You can get these picks back in the middle of the season, no problem. Just, oh, hey, want to do a trade? Fantastic. Why don't you throw in the, uh, your next third rounder and you'll get that pick right back. So don't be a friend, uh, afraid to spend up and get that guy that you said. I think is a great point, Sean. David, finally, what did you have to take away from all this? What did you learn about first year player dress? I know you've done one with me on Fantrax and, uh, you know, we got a little bit of firsthand experience. But what what did you learn doing it together with maybe a, a super expert like Sean and a kind of a, a ditz like me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, as Sean kind of pointed out, I mean, that there's a lot of, you know, sniping each other and, and we're going after uh, each other's picks and, and kind of getting a lot of the same guys and kind of the same group. I mean, there, there's a general, you know, consensus of who these kind of, you know, top 30-ish players are. You know, none of these guys, like, there weren't really many of these guys that were much of a surprise uh, to to go in these first few rounds. And, you know, yeah, as you are mentioning, you know, going and get your guy. That's why I jumped on James Wood there uh, in, in the second round. You know, in, in our in our draft that we had in the league that we're in, I got James Wood in the third round. He was somehow still there. I was surprised uh, that, that he was continuing to fall. You know, I, I didn't take him with my second round pick. I had to go in a different direction. I figured, ah, he's probably going to be gone by then. He showed up there in the second in the third round, and I'm I'm just like, I'm going to take him. Uh, I didn't want to take that risk here, especially with a super expert like Sean in this draft. I figured he, you know, he might not last uh, again, you know, through those next few picks for for me to come around. So I jumped on him, um, and you know, yeah, I think we assembled some some really good teams here. And the crazy part is that you know we've we've drafted I don't know what ten or eleven players that, in all likelihood, two or three are actually going to be <laughs> beneficial to us. But um, you never know. Maybe you hit the lottery and every one of your first year player drafts are uh, are just studs. I think one there, guys. Uh, Sean, thanks so much for coming up. I know you mentioned that you were releasing your 2023 um, college ranks. Um, where can people find all this on Twitter? Like, where can we go and check this out? Because, like I said, I, I'm not just trying to, to butter you up. I do think you're one of the, the leading experts in this field. So if, if people want to get that head start, where can they find all your your work? Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, you know, follow me on Twitter at Sean Curtihan. That's all going to be in the uh, 